The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, welcome back to News Talk 920 KVC, the Dave Conklin Program. This is Gary J. Freiberg sitting in for Dave, who's going to be flying with the Eagles up in, in San Jose. He's, I think the Eagles already flew the coop. He, he's already on his way back. Oh, I thought the concert I thought was... That, no, no, I, I think it already happened. Don't oh. quote me, but I saw pictures of him at the show. Oh, okay. Well, so I'm but, assuming it happened. Yeah, well, I guess... Yeah, you know, I usually lag a little bit behind. Well, just so. you were doing the pun thing, and I'm like, oh, I got to jump in with a pun. The Eagles <laughs> flew the coop. Yeah, boom. Got okay. it done. All right. All right. Okay, are we done? Yeah, done with the puns. Uh, okay, good. No more punishment. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. All right. Getting ready to join us is Rachel Dion. Rachel is with the County Office of Emergency Services. She is the Emergency Service Coordinator. And not just because of Los Osos. We've learned from what happened with the rain bomb cyclone, man, that things can happen and there are different forms of disaster. It's not just flooding. And we're going to touch on that. But for right now, Rachel, welcome to the, welcome to the Dave Conklin program. So great for you to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, great. And, and um, uh, I, I was interested that at first San Luis Obispo County was not on the federal list of, of an emergency uh, declaration. Uh, what was the process? to determine that our, the impact of our local damage, that, that we were able to get on the emergency declaration from FEMA. Um, so we provide that information to the state, to the governor's office of emergency services, and then the governor puts in the request to the president for the major federal disaster declaration. Um, we weren't initially added. They started with the counties in Northern California that were affected by the storms closer to Christmas and New Year's. Um, so we were not one of the first counties added, but then we were added afterwards, which is not uncommon um, oh. in the world of disasters. Um, once that happened, we also had to basically basically prove to the federal government that we had enough damages both to public infrastructure and to private residences to be eligible for our public assistance and our individual financial assistance to get help from FEMA. Um, so that was when we were actually reaching out to the public um, to ask them to report their damages to our office so that we could submit all that information um, to the federal government. Usually they come out and they tour the damaged residences, but we had so many photos and videos from residents within our county of their damaged homes. We had, you know, video from Los Osos um, of the water actually coming down into the neighborhoods. We had videos of water inside people's homes. And so they actually approved us for individual assistance without even coming out and looking in person. Um, so that was a huge win for us to be able to get that assistance for residents in our in our county. So they didn't try, it wasn't a bureaucratic mess where they were trying to have you jump through a bunch of hoops. Um, the, st the process is pretty standard for all disasters. We've gone through smaller disasters such as um, fires in our county where our office is pretty familiar with the process and pretty familiar with working with the state and the federal government. Um, so um, I would say it, was, it, was, it went pretty smoothly and um, we were pleased with the outcome. Um, we haven't gotten individual assistance um, 
times since the San Simeon earthquake in 2003. Um, so it's been a long time since we had a disaster large enough to actually qualify for that. Um, and so we had really high hopes. We were really hoping we would get it, and we were excited that we did, um, because even though it doesn't make people whole again, it does provide some help to people who are um, having to repair their homes. Yes, and uh, what I've learned through others is is just uh, of the devastation, and and um, it just that no one could have been prepared uh, for what happened. I mean, we were all talking about a drought for all these years, and and be careful what you ask for. Uh, what was the difference? What what became available when our county received the uh, FEMA major disaster declaration? Um, so for members of the public, for individuals, um, they became eligible um, for rental assistance. If you're a renter um, that needed assistance, um, available for basically cash, um, FEMA would cut people a check up to $40,000. Um, I know wow. there were actually some residents in Los Osos that got around $41,000 um, that had damage to their homes. Um, also low interest loans um, and some other various programs um, regarding rental assistance as well. I know FEMA even paid um, for some personal property and medical help um, regarding that. Um, so we had over 2,000 people register for FEMA financial assistance and as of um, this week they've approved over $3 million, um, you know, in repairs and rental assistance and medical help in personal property. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at so far. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, th that really, that really is amazing. I saw that the disaster relief center closed, mm -hmm. uh, but is assistance still available? Yes, so assistance is still available by applying online at disasterassistance.gov. The deadline to apply for that is March 16th. So we want to encourage residents, if you haven't applied yet, you can definitely still do so online. Um, we also still have the SBA has a disaster loan outreach center that's open right now at the Slow Library. Um, so you can go in person to apply for low interest loans from the SBA. Uh, FEMA is also there as well to help if you need to check on the status of your application or have questions about applying for FEMA assistance. Um, so there's definitely still options available. March 16th is kind of that hard deadline for that FEMA financial assistance. Okay, well, good. Then we're giving uh, people, uh, listeners, an, uh, another three weeks. And again, if you weren't affected, but you know some people that were, uh, we want to get the we want to get the word out. Everybody, you're listening to the Dave Conklin program on News Talk 920 KVEC. Uh, with us uh, right now is Rachel Dion. She is Emergency Service Coordinator with the County Office of Emergency Services. And when we come back, we're going to find out a whole lot more about how FEMA can help. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Dave Conklin Program on News Talk 920 KBC. This is Gary J. Freiberg sitting in, and with us for this uh, first part of the half hour is uh, Rachel Dion. She is Emergency Service Coordinator with the uh, County Office of Emergency Services. Following up uh, is going to be Chuck Cecina, who is very, very active out in Los Osos. And then at 5 o'clock, we're going to switch gears and talk with Sean Rand, whose mother was Sally Rand, and back in the 20s, she started burlesque dancing. I'm going to put it that way, but it was a very big deal for the whole start of the feminist movement. Um, 
We were talking, uh, Rachel, you and I, we were discussing uh, FEMA and, and actually the help. I'm just amazed at, at what they uh, have done. How long is the process after somebody applies to know what they're getting? Um, we've heard from people that is fairly quick. Um, they'll get back to you really quickly on the status of your application if they need more information. Um, unfortunately, if you are denied, they'll let you know. Um, if they deny your application, though, they usually give you an opportunity to come back and um, provide more information um, to to try to kind of challenge that a little bit. Um, so just because you hear a no doesn't mean that you can't go back and um, try again. Um, but we've heard that people, especially people who need the housing assistance or rental assistance, have gotten financial assistance from them very quickly. Well, and that's great to hear because certainly we may think that bureaucracy would stand in the way. And so it, it, it's good to know that. And um, have Los Osos residents received aid from FEMA? Um, they have. Um, we have heard, um, I know of at least one person in Los Osos that was affected that received kind of almost the maximum amount you can get, the $40,000. Um, so we have heard of people in Los Osos that are, that are getting that assistance. Unfortunately, um, you know, it's, it's really probably a fraction of what they need to make themselves whole again. Um, FEMA doesn't completely reimburse you for everything, um, but it still, I think, is really helpful for people um, who saw those large amount of damage. Images. I mean, in the county, we had three red-tagged homes and 16 yellow-tagged homes just in unincorporated areas, and most of those were in Los Osos in that Vista Court neighborhood. Um, so there were a lot of people that saw significant damage. Mm -hmm. And I know red-tag is, you can't go in there, yellow-tag is... Uh major repairs with permits required. Mm -hmm. um, and again, red tag is completely uninhabitable. Mm -hmm. And I, I did read that uh, FEMA will reimburse even for appliances, and correct me if I'm wrong, flooring, those drywall, those those things so that the home is can be lived in again. Yes, yeah, it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis, but yeah, their goal is to make the home livable um, so that, that you can go back and inhabit it. Mm-hmm. So stepping out, if it wasn't for FEMA, what would the county been able to do to assist people? I mean, really, financial assistance for disasters does come from that federal level. Um, the county really doesn't have the ability to reimburse residents financially for disasters. Um, that's really what FEMA is there for, um, you know, nationwide through hurricanes, through fires. Um, they're there to provide that financial assistance for disasters. Um, and so that's why we were, we tried so hard to provide them with all of the photos and the documentations and the stories from residents um, so that we could get approved for that individual assistance. Because if we weren't, there really isn't a lot at a county level that we can do to help residents financially. Yeah, we just don't have the money. We don't have that kind of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's step out at main uh, websites for listeners to go to if they if they want uh, you know more information and so on. Just that's my question. What what are a couple of websites? Um, RecoverSlow.org is uh, kind of our one-stop shop where we've got all of the information regarding recovery from the storms. So that has links to all of the websites from FEMA, from the SBA. Um, it has links for nonprofits, um, resources for cleanup. Um, pretty much everything is there on that RecoverSlow.org. Um, to apply directly for FEMA financial assistance, uh, go to Disaster Assistance 
financialassistance.gov. Um, that's where you can apply for that FEMA financial assistance if you are affected um, by the storm. So it really recover slow is where all the links are for all the information that you need. Okay. And once again, um, people have until March 16th. Yes. To be able to apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, I, if you did just jo- join us on the Dave Coughlin program on News Talk 920 KVZ, this is Gary J. Freiburg sitting in for Dave. And we're speaking with Rachel Dion, and she's the emergency service coordinator with the County Office of Emergency Services. So what has staff been working on since the storm? Um, a lot of our public work staff have been very busy. They've been going out repairing um, roads, bridges, culverts, um, getting things cleaned out and ready to go for the next set of storms that we're going to be seeing this week. Um, we had over $43 million in damage to county infrastructure alone. Um, so really, public works going out there and trying to open all of those roads. They had hundreds of roads that were closed. Um, so that's been a big priority for us, repairs to the levee and Oceano that was damaged um, during the storm has been another top priority for us, um, and really just going out there and trying to get everything uh, back in, in good shape before the next uh, storm hits, um, looking like tonight or tomorrow. Well, I, I, mean, I suppose we can all hope that it's not quite as dramatic as, as what we experienced back in January. It's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're be, we're being told um, up to three inches of rain, but over you know a you know three to five day period. Um, with this storm, we're more concerned about the cold temperatures. Um, it's you know twenty degrees colder than we normally see, and possibly seeing some snow in the North County, um, which could be interesting. Um, so it's a different type of the storm than we saw in January. Um, but we're not letting our guard down. We had a call today with all of our partners within. We call it our operational area, the county, and all the special districts and. Cities. Um, we had a briefing with the National Weather Service. You know, we've got our public works staff out doing patrols of the levee in our areas that we know have been problems in the past. Um, Caltrans and CHP are ready to go if we have road problems. Um, so we're not letting our guard down on this one, even though it is not projected to be nearly as bad as January. But Yeah, I mean, we had that three inches, three and a half inches within a day. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, so that uh, it, it's good that it's going to be spread over. Mm-hmm. It's just so odd that yeah, that drought was our big concern and now you know not so much and now it's a whole uh, on the other way and mm-hmm. and that it's 20 degrees colder and they're actually looking to have snow it, it really is crazy mm-hmm. um so then the county is putting together new policies and or procedures to uh, provided in the future, we learn from this one. Yes. Yeah, so any after any disaster, we do what we call um, an after action report, where we go back and we look at everything that was done, um, and how we can improve and what we learned for next time. How we can improve our procedures, our communication. Um, so we are definitely doing that for this event. Um, you know, the response wasn't perfect. It never is. There's always things that you can improve on, um, and so that's something that we have started working on. Actually, this week, um, you know, we compile. In emergencies, you compile all of your documentation so that you can go back and really see, um, you know, what went well and what didn't. Um, so that's definitely something that we are doing. Well, uh, you know, in defense of, of you and and the people that were affected, how, how could we prepare for this? I mean, it was uh, we hadn't experienced anything like this before. Yeah, I mean, we 
we really thought the big one was supposed to be that storm in between Christmas and New Year's that didn't really end up doing anything. Um, and then we, we knew about the storm. You know, we did prep. We met with the National Weather Service. We met with our partners. We had, you know, staff on standby. We thought we were ready for it, and a lot of it just ended up being, I guess you could say, an act of God, where it was just something that no one could have predicted. Um, you know, I don't think anyone predicted that what would happen in Los Osos would would happen. Um, there was just, you know, Morro Bay. No one would have predicted how much mud occurred there. So it was crazy, too. We were in the Emergency Operations Center, and we were hearing from the first responders and staff out in the field, and they were calling and saying, you know, we're out here, and we can't figure out where this water is coming from. There's just so much water. You can't even tell, you know, where it's originating. And so, um, you know, we we prepared as best as we could, but it was just a crazy situation. Yeah. Again, I mean, it is no one could we could no one could have had anticipated that. I want to pivot because I I did see. Uh, let's see, this was uh, uh, prepare. Uh, I can't remember, prepare slow. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah, dot mm-hmm. which is a, a another thing, and uh, along with flooding, there's also there's hazard plant. There's earthquakes. There's dam failure. There's extreme heat. There's fires. There's Diablo. So what are some tips that perhaps, uh, if we can prepare, that might be wise to follow for any of those? Um, Yes, if you go to prepareslow.org and you click on each hazard, it has kind of specific planning information. Um, One thing that's universal for every emergency is to make sure you have an emergency supply kit for your family, you know, with non-perishable food, with flashlights, with batteries, with a battery-powered radio um, to sustain your family really up for, you know, three days. It's also great to have one in your car as well. Um, And that's something that that can be used for any type of emergency. Um, I think what happened with the rain is we were all kind of cut off guard because like you said we've been used to being in a drought and we haven't had rain for so long you know but we've been trying to encourage people you know we have a list on there of places to buy sandbags places to get free sand um, even if you're normally not prone to flooding just having those things on hand um, so that the worst happens you're not scrambling in the heat of the moment um, and you know we're going to be seeing really cold temperatures so looking ahead making sure you have warm blankets in your house that um, you have your flashlights in case the power goes out. Um, a lot of these things are universal throughout many different types of disasters. Right, right. And I was uh, completely uh, unprepared. And um, uh, I have outside lights that are solar powered. And I grabbed one of those and they lasted for, and I was able to use that as a flashlight mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit. But um, oh, yeah, my it? house almost flooded and we had trash bags and we were filling them with sand from my kid's sandbox. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes you have to think outside the box, but it's better to uh, be prepared so you're not having to do that in the heat of the moment. Yes, yes. Everyone, we've been talking with Rachel Dion. She's Emergency Service Coordinator with the County Office of Emergency Services. Uh, You can get uh, information, uh, recoverslow.org. FEMA is accepting applications for people that need help uh, up until March 16th. Rachel, thank you so much for taking your time out and being with us today on the Dave Conlon Program on News Talk 920 KVC. When we come back... Chuck Cecina from Los Osos is going to be coming, talking to us about uh, what's going on out there. Everybody stay with us. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes.
The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111 911.